0: by Thomas Nelson, publisher of The Joy Challenge. Discover the ancient secret to experiencing worry-defeating, circumstance-defying happiness. Written by pastor and best-selling author Randy Frazee and is available everywhere audiobooks are sold.
1: Hi everybody, this is Chris from the Truce Podcast, with a cold, but also with a bonus episode. We're going to have a full episode out next week, but this is something really special. I belong to the Christian Podcasters Association Facebook group, and as part of that, we are cross-promoting this year. We did a Christmas episode exchange, where everybody could create a five-minute episode inspired by Christmas that others could use on their shows. So, we're going to play a bunch of them here, and then I'm going to put some more of them on our Patreon page for those people who give a little bit each month. First up is going to be my submission. And with this one comes a little challenge. I'd like to challenge you to share this on your Facebook or Twitter feeds. I've got it posted right now on Facebook and Twitter, so just go over there and share it with your friends. Liking is great, but to get this thing to reach more people... A share makes a bigger impact. And if you hear something you like from one of my friends who submitted, you can find their information in your show notes right now. So you can subscribe to their podcast, too. Okay, here come the stories. Merry Christmas, and God willing, we'll talk again next week. This Christmas, I want to tell you about two songs and one long pause. I'm Chris Terren, and this is Truth. This is Bolero by Maurice Ravel, a French composer from the late 1800s and the early 1900s. It's one of my favorite pieces of music. It starts out with a slow march, just a few instruments... After a while, you start to realize this is the same tune played over and over again. The orchestration is different with each cycle. It gets louder, but the tune is the same. When Bolero premiered, some people thought Ravel was crazy. There are over 10 minutes of this. Over and over again. This piece reminds me a lot of the Old Testament of the Bible. There is this cycle that happens over and over again. Adam and Eve start out with a great relationship with God, and then they fall. The people of God march out of Egypt, following God into the wilderness, and then they question him at the first sign of adversity. King David is named a man after God's own heart. Then he has a guy killed and lusts after his wife. There's this rising action, then the fall, the highs, and the lows. It's the same tune with different instrumentation, repeated over and over again. Then comes the magnificent silence. Four hundred years of silence. God had been speaking to his people through the prophets, warning them about their grave errors, their graven images. But they, for the most part, didn't want to hear it. So there are 400 years of silence between the Old Testament and the New, as people waited for hope, a literal Messiah. Meanwhile, there's just silence. Then a star appears in the night sky, showing the way to Jesus. This baby has been sent to Earth to contend with this. Our repetitive struggle. Rebellion against God. Our enslavement to sin. The pattern that we can't seem to get away from. Which brings me to the second song.
2: O come O come Emmanuel and a ransom captive
1: Israel. If I'm only going to hear one song each Christmas, let it be this one. O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel. His birth signaled the beginning of a rebellion. Against our hopeless loop. It's a rope thrown to helpless sinners.
2: Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. O
1: come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captives like me.
2: Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel you
3: shall come to the O Israel.
1: If you enjoyed this, check out the Truce podcast. That's T R U C E. It's available anywhere you get
4: podcasts. Listen and subscribe to Holy Curiosity with Kat Armstrong on your favorite podcast platform.
2: Merry Christmas from the road home to you. I'm Brandi Gable, and I am excited to share with you guys 12 self-care days for Christmas. Listen, we all know that Christmas is the happiest time of the year, but let's be honest, sometimes It's also the saddest because we're experiencing really hard things in life. The loss of someone we loved, maybe the loss of a marriage or a career, or maybe we've gotten a bad diagnosis. Grief can hit us at any time, and it's especially poignant when it hits us during the holiday season. So let's look at a few ways that we can take care of ourselves this holiday season. Day one let go of expectations. Christmas doesn't have to look the way everyone says that it should. This year, it will just be what it is, and that's enough. Day 2. Meditate on Scripture. Read John 1, verses 1-9, through and spend time reflecting on what it means that Jesus is the light of the world, and also, what does that light mean in relation to your grief? Day three, set boundaries. What is reasonable for you to do? Only you know what will fuel you and what will drain you. Say no to the things that will leave you feeling depleted. Day four, write down your to-do list. Then cross three things off and give yourself permission to let them go. Day five, turn off social media. Quiet all of those voices that are telling you that you just aren't enough. Day six, find little ways to serve others. Open the door for someone. Let them in while you're driving. Give someone a compliment. Say thank you to your cashier and really mean it. Day seven, light a candle and then again reflect on John one verses one through nine. Day eight, allow yourself to just be and feel. Are the kids having a blast sledding? Feel that joy. Don't worry about the wet clothes to come. Likewise, are the festivities only highlighting your pain? Give yourself some space to just feel that pain and cry. Day nine, journal your gratitude. Pick one thing or 10 things, whatever it is, write down what you're thankful for and why. Day 10, take a walk in nature. Breathe deep, close your eyes, and just listen. Day 11, create a new tradition. Find a way to incorporate something into this holiday that you've never done before that gives you joy. Eat dessert first. Volunteer at a soup kitchen. Drive around looking at the lights. And finally, day 12. Take a nap. Emotions are exhausting, whether they're happy or sad. Give yourself time and space to just get quiet and rest. May God bless you richly this holiday season. May you find comfort and peace in the Savior of the world. Merry Christmas.
5: Hi everybody, this is Tom.
6: And this is Justin from Biblical Chili.
5: And uh, what we have here for you guys is uh, an excerpt from our episode where we uh, reimagine what it was like for the wise men to show up to see Mary and Joseph and Jesus for the first time. Then my star showed up.
6: Yeah, you're right. It was your star, and it appeared right overhead, just before those shepherds arrived. Is this the
3: Messiah? Yes, this is the Messiah. His name is Jesus, but will you keep it down, please? He's trying to sleep.
6: Oh, we're sorry we didn't realize. Why don't we go over here and talk? How did you know? Well, let me tell you. The strangest thing just happened. We were out in our fields, minding our flocks, as we normally do at this time of year, when a tall, shiny fellow showed up out of nowhere. Poof! He told me about the Messiah being born in the city of David. Then he told us not to be afraid, like that was going to help. And just as fast as he showed up, the entire sky lit up like it was daytime. And they were making all sorts of racket singing and shouting praises to the Lord. They told us to seek you out, and then they were gone. Now, I don't know about you folks, but when someone appears out of nowhere, then disappears just as fast, I'm gonna listen. Angels appearing to shepherds? Hmm. That sounds really far-fetched. You know, Sonny, I thought the same thing.
1: Uncle Chef!
6: Oh, there you are. Come here. How's the little messiah today?
5: I am really good. These guys brought me presents. And they smell funny. You left your sheep as we left our country to seek out the messiah.
6: Hey, if a shiny fella comes down from the sky and starts telling you the messiah's coming, you go and listen. I'll be plum crazy not to seek him out. What a remarkable sight to behold indeed. Well, ain't you excitable. Listen, he is the one, the messiah, the savior of the world. It was only right to leave our flock to find him. And we did. He was laying in a manger with all the animals. So we did what we could to help him, help him find a place. After all, we did find him in a barn. Watching him grow was the best blessing this old shepherd could ask for.
5: And this is an act I am sure he
6: will not soon forget. Well, only time will tell, I guess. We'll just have to watch and see.
0: Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and you lost one of them. Wouldn't he leave the ninety-nine in the wild and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and carries it home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. Now I tell you, in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous people who do not need to repent.
5: That makes no sense at all. Right. Why would a shepherd leave their sheep? I don't know.
6: Nah, nah, now, nah, hold on just a minute here. Well, it makes perfect sense to me, sonny. Jesus, you pay them no mind. It takes a lot of love to leave the flock to seek out the one. Some things are just that important. And believe you me, seeking out the Messiah is still the best decision this old shepherd has made. I'll still never forget the words of that there shiny fella. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings, great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. By the way, the music you heard was from Kevin McLeod, and that was Silent Night.
5: Hey, thanks for listening, guys. And from all of us at Biblical Chili, we'd like to wish you all a, a very, very Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas.
3: Thank you for joining me for this Christmas edition of Raising Kids on Your Knees. Hi, I'm Tina Smith, and I'm the founder of Raising Kids on Your Knees, a podcast designed to help you pray daily for your children as well as step up your spiritual parenting. You can find us anywhere you enjoy listening to your podcast and also at RaisingKidsOnYourKnees.org. I hope you enjoy this Christmas edition called Broken Pieces. The shepherd and angel are missing a hand. The angel's wings are broken off and the donkey is missing his ears. As I unwrapped each piece of my nativity to put it under our Christmas tree, I was tempted to put it away and go buy a new one. It has certainly seen better days. Then I took a closer look and I thought about how those broken pieces are like the broken pieces of my life. No, I'm not talking about missing hands or ears or even angel wings, but the times that I've made poor choices. Those poor choices broke pieces of my life that could not be mended by me. I looked again and noticed that all those broken pieces are focused on the tiny baby laying in the manger. They're all kneeling and bowing, including the angels, who all got a first peek at the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And how, like them, when I come and kneel at the feet of Jesus, he takes all the broken pieces of my life and slowly begins putting them back together. Yeah, there are scars but they are just that, scars. Reminders of how the grace and love of God who came to us in a tiny manger took all those broken pieces of my life and somehow put them all back together again so I could be a reflection of His love for the world. As you celebrate the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ, bring to Him all your broken pieces and allow Him to begin putting it all back together again. I hope you have a blessed and Merry Christmas.
7: Hi, this is Meg Gleisner from Letters from Home podcast. My husband, Mike, and I, we have eight kids from age 14 to 29, with just the two left, Jordan, who's a junior, and Elijah, who's in eighth grade. And we put together a little something for you. One of our more purposeful holiday traditions is something we've called a blessing fund.
5: What that means is Dad will put an envelope on the fridge door.
1: And each kid would put money in it, varying from kid to kid on how much they wanted to give.
7: And then a few days before Christmas, we kind of gather up in our living room and see how much money. It's always surprising how much there is to work with. And we pile up in the car and go to the store and get to shop for the homeless. We pick out lots of things that could help Uh, Keep people warm, gloves, PJs, clothes, socks, and also a bunch of practical things, personal items and deodorant and chapstick. Everyone gets in on the action and they uh, get to run and grab things and bring it to the cart.
5: Then we, the morning of Christmas Eve, drive downtown, park the car just in an open lot somewhere next to a sidewalk where we know there's either homeless or needy people there. And we open up the back of the car and i come out of the vehicle and stand there and, and are ready to give things. And at first people walk by we not knowing really why we're there. Uh, but as we talk to them and show them, hey, we have some socks, we have some deodorant, we have some, you know, something they might need for the day, uh, they stop. And pretty soon you have just a lot of people and uh, we have great conversations. And it's not just the gifts, the things we have, but it's also the conversations that we have and the people you meet and you get their name and you get their story. It's a very cool time. I remember one year we spent a little bit more money than we usually did and bought a sleeping bag. And we kept it away from the rest of the stuff because we realized that this could really help a family a lot more than the other things. And I remember this woman walked up with a couple of kids, and we could tell that she was a person who needed a little bit extra help, and she was going through a little bit more tough times. And it was it was beautiful to experience the joy that giving away, sleeping back to a person who needed it. it that was just so encouraging.
1: And I remember one time when my dad saw a guy in a wheelchair roll up to our vehicle and he saw that he needed some clothes and so he brought him to a store and really bought him the clothes and other necessities they needed i remember seeing how glad he was and how happy he was to just have all these new things from these people that were so nice to him
7: and really we have so many more experiences and beautiful moments we've had and For me, for us as parents, seeing the joy on our kids' faces as they get to experience sharing with people that really just need a little help is something we always look forward to this time of year.
5: Like the Lord said, it's more blessed to give than to receive.
1: Okay, this is Chris again. If you like those stories and you'd like to hear more, you can go over to our Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash Truce podcast, and if you give a little bit each month, you'll get to hear a few extra stories. Either way, we'll be back next week with a full episode. God bless you and Merry Christmas.
0: This episode was brought to you in part by the Better Samaritan podcast, where Jamie Ayton and Kent Annan discuss everything from simple acts of kindness to complex humanitarian challenges with their guests. Want to learn how to faithfully do good better? Find insights at The Better Samaritan.